So we're going to get started. We're going to look at some recap uh, from last week, and uh, we're looking at what moves you. Uh, Pastor Keith uh, preached the first part of this. Um, before we get started, though, I want to tell you something. The, uh, I talked about that bass tournament yesterday and the bass boat and all that stuff. My bass boat's sick. Y'all need to be praying for my boat, my healing of my boat. I ordered some medicine for it yesterday. And if that medicine don't work when it comes in, I'm going to have to have surgery. And, you know, surgery gets expensive, so y'all be praying for my boat. I don't have one of them $85,000 bass boats. I got a 2000 model one. It just needs a little, just needs a little help, a little prayer. So y'all just, if you feel it in your heart, you ask not. I mean, you receive not because you ask not. I'm asking this morning. Y'all with me? Y'all thinking that idiot. Ah, right, we're going to get going. Uh, we're going to look at, like I said, we're going to recap a little bit from uh, last week. Uh, so we're going to be looking at uh, Acts chapter 20. Uh, this is Paul speaking. Um, that from Letus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, and what manner I was always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but claimed it to you and taught you publicly and from the house to house, testifying to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen now. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies, and we're going to be speaking of the Holy Spirit in a few moments. But that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of those things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So what moves you? Paul was telling them, I'm not getting moved by the hearsay of the bad things that's going to happen. I'm being moved by what I'm being called to do. So the whole part of this series that we're going through of what moves you, what does move you? Um, Paul was trying to tell them that I ain't being moved, so I ain't getting grieved by what some of the things that await me, but I'm rejoicing of the good things that await me. You know, because I've always kind of thought about, I mean, y'all bear with me for a minute. Y'all know it's just crazy redneck thinking of mine but I'm always you know everybody's always talking about well I'm looking for the good things in the future I'm looking I'm, I'm gonna speak the good stuff I'm looking for the good stuff and that's what we need to do we know some things await us most of us is gonna die sometime or another if the Lord don't come before most of us gonna die sometime or another what death we have we know we know not you know we don't never know we know that some of them things await us. But what Paul's trying to say is that even though those, some of those bad things await me, I don't treasure myself and I don't, I, I don't keep my mind focused on those things because I know that God will be with me when those things happen. 
but yet I count myself for what is to happen, for what God's called me to do, because God's calling you to a greater purpose, and we're going to talk about purpose in a few moments. So there's three types of pressure that the enemy tries to use against us, and those are uh, the pressure of people, pressure of temptation, and the pressure of circumstances. So Keith actually talked to us last week about how Christ was even pressured by the devil when he was uh, led by the Spirit. We're talking about being led today. And he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And the devil tempted him on the three things that he tempts us on. Flesh, patience, and pride. That's, what, that's, that's the worst thing. That, that, that's the things that get to us. That's flesh, pressure, and pride. And the pressure of the pride and of um, patience. You know, he did him the patience because he told him, he said, all these things I will give to you now. But Jesus knows that all them things he's going to get, he just got to wait for the right time to the time of the Father. Right? Patience. I pray for patience all the time. I said, Lord, please give me patience now. <laughs> and that don't work. Y'all better be glad that I don't, <laughs> I don't get my way sometimes. Because <laughs> if I did, I'd probably have one in bass boats. All right. Not all pressure is bad. God uses pressure to refine us. He spoke about that last week. Perfect us and draw us out of uh, draw out of us the treasures he's placed within us, but God doesn't always drive, he doesn't drive us, he leads us by the Spirit. So we're going to be looking today at, at four different ways that we are led, how God leads us. Now, I've had them to flip-flop some of this because I want to do the Word last. So when you look on your outline right there, the first one up is Word, but we're actually going to do Word last. We're going to go ahead and go with the Holy Spirit first. Um, that shouldn't be too hard for you. All you got to do is just, you don't want paper. I'm the one that's got to look up there and get it all right. So anyway, we're going, we're going to look at these four different ways. It's by word. It's by Holy Spirit. It's by authority. And it's with purpose. Those are the four things that we're going to look at this morning. And I want to do word last because I want to, I want to drive home with you, if you don't get anything else out of this this morning, I want you to see the part about how our words are the most important, and how the word, without words, without proper words, and without the word of God to lead us, then we ain't going to know who the Holy Spirit is to lead us. We're not going to know by what authority there is to lead us, and we're not going to know by what purpose that we are being led to. So I'm going to kind of drive that home last. That's why I'm doing this. And then you outline, I just didn't get with Miss Anita quick enough to get it uh, fixed for you, okay? Speaking of words, you know, words are very important, right? You can, you can speak good words, you can speak bad words. And, and, and what makes good weddings and makes uh, proper funerals and and just odd uh, lectures and, and teachings, that thing, is using proper use of words. Putting them in the right order. It's sort of like, like little Johnny. Y'all know little Johnny? Now be easy on me this morning. I am in church, so I'm, I'm going to be easy on little Johnny. 
Little Johnny's was over the fence of his neighbor was a preacher. And the preacher heard him. He could hear him speaking. Well, he kind of get a little bit closer and he could hear him. And it sounded like he was doing a sound like he was doing a funeral. Seems like he's doing a good job of it. You know, little Johnny doing a good job of that. He said he just didn't understand. He didn't understand. So he got over and he looked over the fence, and he was there, little Johnny sitting over our grave. And he was speaking elegant words. And when he got there, the preacher said, You did a real good job, Johnny. I'm just I'm real happy for you. Did you lose your pet or whatever? And he said, yes, sir. He said, what was it? He was my, he was my little Tweety Bird, my little parakeet. He said, oh, really? He said, that sure is awful big grave for such a little bitty bird. He said, that's because it's inside your cat. <laughs> so just because it's always good words don't always mean it's proper, right? But at least we're going to give it good words. Y'all with me? Y'all like that? Lisa's going, no. She's been trying to edit me this whole time, and it just ain't going to work. All right, let's look at the first one. Let's look at the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the first one we're going to look at being led this morning is being led by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks specifically into our lives. Jesus said, "My, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they followed me. What is the voice of Christ? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the unnamed servant. He is a person of the Godhead. There are three people. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just the unnamed servant. There's many models. I wish I had time this morning to go through the, 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 the best model of the Holy Spirit. And it has to do with Abraham, Isaac. That Abraham and Isaac story with the unnamed servant. Even though the unnamed servant had a name, which we can go back and find in Genesis 15, he had a name of Eleazar. Eleazar means comforter. It even went through the, the process of even naming that one to fit that model. But there's three people involved. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what always used to really mess me up as a kid growing up, I've been in church since nine months before I was born. And uh, what always messed me up going through early parts of church, I grew up in a Baptist church, by the way. Um, you know, you, you, didn't, you didn't move right, wrong or whatever. You get pinched. Um, anyway, I outgrew it. Um, but anyway, in the process of, of doing that, I, I, I had a hard time understanding the three persons. And the problem was the Holy Spirit wasn't was it spoken of or taught enough. I mean, I hate that, but it really wasn't. Not with me growing up. And it never was explained to me the part of how three can be one. And then one day, the Spirit spoke to me and told me how easy and simple it is. How can three be one? All three are in total agreement. You ever heard somebody say, we, well, we, we, uh, we agreed to be different? You can't do that. <laughs> that, 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 can't, that can't happen. If you're going to be one, you've got to be in total agreement. You can't agree to disagree. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard of. You can't do it. Right? That's how the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. It is the person of God. And the, and the good thing about it is, if you've been born again, you have that Holy Spirit. 
And you might even be like, we're going to talk about Acts chapter 10 in a moment. And that was the part where, where the Gentiles got the Holy Spirit. When he first come, he talked about the Holy Spirit. He said, we, we've been born again, but we ain't never even heard of this Holy Spirit. And that's the problem with most. They ain't never even heard of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the main one to lead us because we hear that voice. Let's look at the next. Acts 8, 29. Then the, is that the one I'm supposed Yeah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. The Spirit said to Philip, go and overtake. And this is a part in Acts chapter 8. This is where the Ethiopian eunuch. I, I wish I had time to really go through the whole thing of what was going on right there, because that's a very neat thing when you really uh, study that out completely. But what happened was Philip was brought from a, a, a major, I don't really want to say revival, but it was a, a, a major major tent convention, if you will, where a lot of folks were getting saved. A lot of folks was hearing the word. They were, they were being transformed, I think. But Philip was brought out of that. He was transformed, if you will, by the Spirit over to the part so where he could teach the Ethiopian eunuch of what he was reading. And like I say, I ain't got time to go through all that this morning. I wish I did. But the Spirit told Philip when he got there, when he, when he moved him to that spot, he showed him which one to do because the Ethiopian eunuch was reading, reading the Word. And for somebody to have the Word, they had to be a person in authority. This Ethiopian eunuch was. But what happened was he was, in, he was there for, uh, he was there to worship. For one thing, we believe he was a Levite. When, and, uh, and at the time of the Passover, all male Jews had to be at because the Bible said he was there to worship. But he was in charge of Candace, the queen's treasures, and then he was there on a mission for them. And then, so when he got there, I think he was going to tell Jesus, which was the Christ that he had heard about his mercy seat. That's what I really think he was there for. And like I say, I ain't got time to go through the details of that, but he was there to do it. And then when he found out that the Christ had been killed, then he was confused. So he was reading in the Word. Here we go. I want y'all to pay attention to what's going on. He was reading the Word, but he was confused. You can read the Word all day long and still be confused. It don't matter what version you read. People are always talking about this version, that version. I don't care what version you read. If you ain't getting the proper interpretation through the Holy Spirit, you can read any of them. And you ain't getting nothing. Sometimes you'll be confused and say, well, I just don't understand it. Well, read it until you do. And ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. That's how you get it. And that's exactly what happened here. And the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go and overtake that chariot and show him interpretation of the word that he was reading in the book of Isaiah. Let's look at the next. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. So this is part where Peter, he, was, he had had the vision about the clean and unclean animals, and all that was going on. This was the part where he was fixing to go to the uh, uh, preach to the Gentiles, uh, the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit told him to go do this. That's so just another, we're just looking at examples of where the Spirit spoke. The Spirit speaks, folks, and if you can't hear it, one of two things happening. Either you're not born again, or you done cluttered your mind with so much of the world and the devil that you're not listening to the real voice. Y'all hear me? It ain't me talking. <laughs> Thank goodness, y'all be throwing tomatoes at me, wouldn't you? That's just the way it is. 
That was Acts chapter 10. Let's look at the next. Acts 13. It's all in Acts. Why is it in Acts? Because Acts 2 is where the Holy Spirit came. Jesus told them. He said, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you one of the Holy Spirit. And with him, he's going to teach you and guide you in all things. And through him, you'll be able to do even greater things than I did. Oh, and I wish he hadn't never said that. Because now I don't have no excuse. Do greater things than Jesus did. Do y'all know who he is? <laughs> he's the voice that said, let there be. And we're going to look at that in a minute. But I can do greater things than that. Through what? Through the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Godhead. All this is in Acts because Acts chapter 2 is where the Holy Spirit came. To the Jews first and then the Gentiles in Acts 10 that we just read. Acts 13, it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So here's a part where the Holy Spirit was speaking to them to call them out to minister for them. It's just another example in another place that talks about the Holy Spirit speaking. The Holy Spirit speaks. Do you have an ear to hear? Now, when I say that, I want you to hear something with me. My hearing not good. My, my vision is going as I get older. My hearing is going. My hearing's been gone. Uh, me and Lisa have been married almost 30 years. We ain't never got no big fight or arguments in 30 years. She speaks quiet and I can't hear good, so we don't get no arguments. You with me? Yes, you with me. <laughs> I just don't argue back. It don't do no good. But the Holy Spirit speaks. And what voice are you listening to? What can you hear? You see, when an ambulance goes by, I heard one yesterday. I was out there on Lake Ambulance going down the causeway. I can't hear high pitch. So I hear it go, I hear it go up, and I hear it come down. That in the middle, I always thought ambulances just went up and went down. I didn't know they had a part right in there. Why? Because I can't hear it. And my hearing test always shows that I can't hear that part. I had a stroke in this eye back at Christmas, and there's a spot right here in my eye that I can't see. That's why I'm scooted over here to the side, by the way. The lights was glaring me too bad. And I can't see this part right here. And I used to always wonder, why can people not hear, and why can people not see? Why can they not see what God's trying to say? Why can they not hear the voice of God. Sometimes if we tune out or if our ears are not open and our eyes is not open to what God's trying to tell us through his word and through his Holy Spirit and through his ministry and through his people, you can be blinded and you can be deaf to only certain parts. But that don't mean it ain't true. I always wondered, why does people, I'm going to be careful this morning, I don't be careful. I wish they wouldn't take me, <laughs> you know, because I'd like to be like the devil. You know, if they don't take me, I could always, when I mess up, I could always say, did I say? You know, throw a little doubt in there. 
If you ain't got it tight, but now they run the tape back. Oh, yeah, I see it. So I'm going to try to be careful. But certain people are running for certain offices that's got certain stupid agendas that people can't see or hear. They hear it the way they want to hear it. They see it the way they want to see it because their hearts are troubled and their hearts are in the wrong place. And they don't have the real voice that teaches them what's truth and what's not truth. And we got certain people that are standing up there now telling the truth. God help him on some of the ways he does it. But he's telling some of the truth and they don't like it. Y'all with me so far? I don't think I'll get in trouble for doing that, Noella. We'll say, we don't care. Ah, right, anyway, that voice of the Holy Spirit, you got to tune yourself into it. And that's how we are led properly. It's through the interpretation of the Holy Spirit. Before I run out of time, let's move on. By authority. By authority, God uses those in authority to protect us and to promote us. So let's look at the scripture of that. Uh, yes, in Romans. Cut off up yonder. Everyone must submit to the governing authorities. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Y'all with me? This is Romans 13. This ain't me. Y'all with me? Let's look. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. So sometimes the ones in authority, the pastors and the leaders and everything that speak in the word of God, they got the authority to speak the truth of God. And it's God's way of, of, of teaching us. And then you have the Holy Spirit to help give us the revelation of. Y'all with me? So let's look there. Do, so do what is right. Well, I say, what would you like to live? Uh, where am I at? But those are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear and authorities? Then do what's right, and they will honor you. The authorities were God's servants, sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants, sent for that very purpose of punishing those that are doing wrong. Authority is given to ones who understand how to exercise authority, and to exercise it properly. Now, sometimes in churches and other various organizations, you have people in authority that shouldn't be there because they don't have the calling. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have what's, what, what's the right part to do it in the right order that God has it to be done. But the ones that are, then don't throw tomatoes at them. If they're stepping on your toes, they're stepping on your toes. Most of the time, you need your toes stepped on. Mine gets stepped on all the time, and I don't like it. Y'all know that the pastors are, are given two tools, the rod and the staff. Go back to Psalms and read it. The rod and the staff. You know what it's for? You know what the staff's for? When you get out of line, to reach over and get you and pull you back in line. When the sheep get out of order, they take the staff and they reach out there and they grab that, they grab that sheep by the neck and they pull him back over here. That's where you got to be, stupid. Get back over here. 
right? The pastors and authority, the people of authority have those tools to reach and put you back in line. When you start getting out of line because you're starting to do things crazy, they got that authority to get you back in line with them proper tools. And you know what the rod's for? To beat the wolf off. And you know what the problem is? Sometimes you, sometimes the sheep, you sheep. You with me? <laughs> we sheep, right? Sometimes the sheep's too close to the wolf, and he gets to beating on the wolf, and he gets to hitting you too. So if he gets up here and he's using, he's using the, the, the rod, and you feel like he's getting beat up, get away from the wolf, sheep. You with me? I throw that in for free. Let's go to the next one. Everyone, uh, by purpose, now we're going to look at purpose. By purpose, God uses our gifts and callings to keep us pressing on for the prize of the high calling of God for our lives. We, have, we are led on purpose. We are led by the Holy Spirit. We are led uh, uh, by authority, right? That's why we have pastors and stuff. Is that, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it, and I'm going to throw this in for you for free too. I still think, and I'm not just being... I don't know what you call it, just because I'm here. I don't drive a Ford. I don't like Ford because I drive a Ford. I drive a Ford because I like a Ford. Y'all with me? I'm not here. I'm here because I like Pastor Keith. I don't like Pastor Keith because I'm here. I'm here because I like him. You know why? Because of being part, I think Curtis can back me up, as being part of the authority here, being part of the elders here, and being close to Keith as we are. I tell you what I can realize, folks. Y'all might not have been in some of the places and stuff that me and Curtis have been with him, but I realized something. And I want y'all to know it. That man is on purpose. He's led by the Spirit. He has a proper authority. And he's genuine. There ain't no bull to that man. Y'all with me? I throw that in for free. Let's look at next. Not that I have already attained or am I already perfected, but I press on. This is Paul speaking. That I may lay a hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid a hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. I don't care. I'm, I'm with Paul on this. I, you, you don't. We don't never fully apprehend the fullness of God. We're always pressing forward. We're always getting more and more, and every time I think I know it, boom. You realize just how stupid I really am. It's just more and more. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's amazing. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Forget the past, because the past is usually screwed up a lot of times. Even if I screwed up yesterday, I need to press forward today. Because at least I got a new day to try to do it right. And I need to listen to the right voice. You know, you got all these little voices, you know. People talking about you got the little devil on this side and a little angel on this side. Well, I got the little devil over there. Well, I got a big devil over here on this side. And I got a little bit of frog right here in the middle. That's me. And then I got the Holy Spirit over here on the side. And the Holy Spirit's trying to speak over top of the other two. And the other two sometimes don't want to pay enough attention because we think we got it right. Y'all with me? 
I, I, was, I had prayer for 42 years. I was 42 years old before I realized what prayer was for. Prayer is not to get God involved with what I'm doing. That's what I tried to do for 42 years. God, pay attention and let me show you a little something and let's get this going. Because God, I need this. I need an F-250 and I need one of them 22-foot Ranger Comanches. That's what I need. If y'all don't believe it, just ask me. Y'all with me? Y'all see what I'm saying? I tried to get God involved with what I'm doing, and it never worked. You know why? Because that's not what prayer is for. Prayer is for you to get involved with what he's doing, not with him involved with what you're doing. Because what we're doing don't count to nothing. Y'all with me? I throw that in. I got too many frees. I got to go. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul trying to say. He said, I'm on purpose to live for the purpose that God has called me to do. Let's look at the next one. Now, when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place, and the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose... I have been sent. This is Jesus speaking. Several times they tried to take him as a Messiah. Several times they tried to take him as king. It's because they were looking for the line of the tribe of Judah. And the line of the tribe of Judah is still yet to come. At that time it was the Lamb of God and they were looking for it backwards. You know what the problem with the church is? The church is looking for it backwards today. We're looking for the Lamb to come again. The Lamb's done been here and gone, folks. The line's coming back. That wasn't free. He's saying that, so he, he had a purpose of what he said. Let's look at the next one. It's a, sort of the same thing. And now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now this is where Jesus, this was getting down to the nitty gritty. It was time for him to go and face the cross. And you know what he did? He purposed. Christ did. Purposed. Not only in his heart, but in his mind, because he set his face to Jerusalem. So what, the, what is that verse telling us? That verse is saying he, had, he made up his mind. He's going to that cross, and there ain't no devil or no Peter or nobody else is going to stop him from going. He going. You know what I learned in life? I learned a lot of things I have to do on purpose to get them done. I started smoking when I was seven years old. Why? Because I grew up on a dairy. Four weeks ago, I didn't even know who Bob Ross was. I didn't even know who Mr. Rogers was. And I said, man, where did this idiot grow up at? I grew up under a cow. I was raised on a dairy. That's why I started cussing at an early age, and I started smoking at the age of seven. And boy, I knew how to cuss a cow. And I still hate cows. I hate cows, I hate horses, and I got a reason for it. Y'all with me? No, not really. Lisa's saying, shut up. She's heard this so many times. <laughs> but it depends on, you know, I, I, I had to quit smoking. You know how I quit smoking? I, I had to want to. 
And I purposed in my mind and my heart, I ain't never touching that again. And I ain't looked back. You had to purpose some things in your life to get it done. Jesus purposed to go to the cross. And that's what he's going to do. Let's look at the next one. Same thing. Same, same. We're just looking at <clears throat> evidence of it. He said, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. That's what he, this is speaking of, it's Jesus speaking again of the time he's coming, he's got to go to the cross. He went, he went before the Father three times. Three is the divine number. Seven is a complete number. Ten is the, is, the, is the seven plus three. It's the divine completeness. Three times he went to the Father. And he said, if there be any other way, if there any other way, I didn't want to get up here and do, do this right here. I want to ask my wife and some others. I didn't want to get up here today. I did not want to do this. I thought about calling in sick. I just did not want to do this. Three times. Father, if it be any other way, any other way, I can get Curtis up here. And the Spirit told me, shut up. No, you don't. Shut up. He told me, shut up. <laughs> do what you got to do. Lisa said, no, you got to go. You got to do it. <laughs> but anyway, so here I am. So I got to understand that. But Jesus purposed in his heart. He knew he was on purpose. He said, for this purpose, I came to this hour. And there ain't nobody going to stop me from doing it. Right? So let's look at this lab. Let's look at the word. So you can back, back up on your outline here and fill in for the word. By the word of God, God's word, we are, we're led by the word of God. God's word sets the parameters of our lives. Let's look at this. Um, this is in Psalms. Uh, I went back and looked at this and read this again, and that right there, my cue, I got to hurry up. I went back and read this. This is a part, David actually did, wrote this part. He says, your word is a lamp guide to my feet and a light to my path. Let's look at the next one since I'm running out of time. But he answered and said, it is written, this is Jesus speaking. He said, he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone. How are we to live? By the word. Words are very, very important. Let's look at the next one. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are the spirit, and they are life. This is John chapter 6. Go back and read the whole thing, and, and this is just a follow-up where Jesus said, I am. He said, my body is bread, and my blood is drink. I am the bread of life. He is that bread that we live by. We don't live, you know, we, you can eat food and die. You can eat Christ and live. And the life I'm speaking about is the spirit that's within you. That's where the life is. Life ain't in this body, thank goodness. This bad boy is wearing out. If you don't believe it, come sit around our house about 2 o'clock in the morning when I'm moaning and groaning because I can't sleep. Are you with me so far? Right. 
Let's look at this next one. I got to get going. She's already playing now. God will never lead us outside the perimeters of, the wor of His Word. His Word is the banks of the river that keeps us in His will for our lives. He leads us by His Word. This is the way. Walk in it. By the Word. Now, real quickly. Words are very important. We need to live by God's Word. How do we know it's God's Word? Led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will reveal God's Word, not the Word of the world, not the world of the idiots, but the Word of God. God's Word is how we live through the Holy Spirit. God's Word is what gives us our purpose. God's Word is what teaches us authority. It's by the Word. The words you speak will speak destruction or speak life into your life. It's up to you. It's up to your words. Have y'all ever heard the word abracadabra? When you leave here this morning, you're going to think of the word abracadabra completely different than you ever thought of it before. What is the word abracadabra? It's a word a lot of magicians use, right? They'll do something and they'll say abracadabra and pull a rabbit out of a hat or, or, or do whatever. The video that I watched about this, the guy speaking about this word, he is a magician. And he took, a, he took a big piece of paper and he folded it back and he wrote, he made a circle and he wrote under it, ball. And then he wrote on top of it, he said, he wrote bowling. So it's not just a ball, it's a bowling ball. And he drawed the three little circles in it where you grab the ball. He closed the paper back and he said, abracadabra and shook it and a bowling ball fell out. How he did that, I have no idea, but I'd like to know. Because I would like to have done that up here this morning. But I don't know how to do that. But what he was teaching us is he was teaching us about words. Abracadabra. Y'all have heard that, ain't you? You know where it come from? It's an Aramaic word. Jesus spoke Aramaic. It's the word that means what I speak or with my words, I create. Abracadabra means with my words, I create. Jesus more likely at one time or another said abracadabra. John tells us that he is the Word. And he was the Word. And he is the Word. He's the one that spoke on the mountain. We know this. How do we know this? When he spoke to Moses from the burning bush, we know that's Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Because in John, John tells us that Jesus told them that Abraham saw him in his day and was glad. And they said, Abraham, ain't you the son of the carpenter? But yet you've seen Abraham? Or Abraham has seen you? And what did Jesus tell them? Before Abraham was, I am. What did he tell Moses? When Moses said, who do I tell them sent me? He said, I am. Jesus is the one that speaks the words. And with the words, he said, let there be. And the Hubble telescope can't see the backside of let there be. Words are very important. So now whenever things starts massing, massing up, 
I say abracadabra. Whole new different word. And it's not magic. It's for real. What's your words? What are you speaking? Are you speaking life? Are you speaking destruction? Are you led by your words? Are you led by the words of the world? Are you led by the word of God? We are led by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. Why does that scripture tell us that? Because everything that has ever been made or created. Go back and read Genesis again. He made or created. Was made or created by words. And our words still make us today. How are you led? What's your words? Your words speaks your heart. And I have run completely out of time. You tired of playing? She no, no, I'll keep going. Let me tell you one more. <laughs> I got nothing. Lisa told me not to tell this joke, but I'm going to do it. I ain't even going to look down on This editor ain't even going to get me on this. There's this preacher. Back in the old days, riding to ride a horse. I'll pray. Thank, thank God I ain't got to ride horses no more. Thank God for Fords. You can turn the key off and they sit there. Horses don't sit there. They're stupid. But anyway, this preacher said, well, how you going to let people kind of understand that he's a preacher and he's going to use the proper words instead of saying, giddy up? You see, the horse works by command, right? Instead of saying, giddy up, he's going to say, praise the Lord. So he gave the word, the, the word to the horse, the command to the horse, praise the Lord, to go. And he's kind of thinking about well, instead of saying, whoa, what's a good, oh, amen. Amen shuts it down, right? Praise the Lord, the horse takes off. Amen, the horse stops. Well, he's riding up through the valley and got up to the top. Up there, and a rattlesnake was up there at the top, and it spooked the horse, and the horse took off running. See, if I turn, you could turn the key off of that forward. I hate horses. That horse took off running. He was headed right toward the cliff. Fixed, run off that cliff. He was hollering, whoa, 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 whoa. He was, you know, he, he, was, he just decided in the moment, he said, oh, no, I got to say amen. I forgot. He said, amen, and the horse stopped right at the edge. He looked at him and said, oh, praise the Lord. Watch how you use your words. And when you use your words, make sure you're on purpose. I thought that was cute. Lisa said, shut it down. All right. I'm going to go ahead and pray us out of here. Holy Spirit, authority, purpose, and all of it done by the Word of God. Remember that. And let abracadabra be a new word. Y'all with me? Let's bow our heart. Lord, we thank you today. We, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the ones who lead us and guide us through authority to give us and understand our purpose and give us meaning for our purpose. And we thank you all of all of that this morning. And we just ask it all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.